Hello and welcome to the Career Changers podcast. I'm Elisa Martinic and I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of the Career Changers. I'm definitely one of them. I learned from my experience that following our dreams requires courage, self-awareness and a lot of inner work. I love to discover stories of career change and share them with the world as a source of inspiration for all those who are still searching. Career changes are not the straightforward chronology written in our CVs, but the sum up of our dreams, ambitions, failures and successes. The Career Changers is an online community that aims to inspire thousands of people during their journey to self-realization. We discover and share inspirational real-life stories of career change. We inspire people that are thinking to change career. We support people that want or need to change career, but feel stuck or lacking confidence and clarity. We connect and collaborate with organizations that support career change across different industries. I believe that thinking to have only one job or career in our life is a limiting belief unless the job or that career make us happy. Life is a journey, and with one third of our lives spent working, it would be unimaginable to not have a desire to explore new avenues. Welcome to the Career Changers podcast. Hello, and welcome to a new episode of the Career Changers. Our guest today is Katrina McGee, career break and sabbatical coach, author of the bestseller, Taking a Career Break for Dummies. But before then that, in 2013, she quit her corporate job to travel the world on a 20-month break. She returned to land five job offers in just five weeks, paid off all her debt in less than two years, and became a certified coach, helping people take their own life-changing breaks. Today, we are going to talk about her career change, and why taking a break is about creating the space to reevaluate your life and path forward. Hi, Katrina. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, I am too, and I'm really excited. I never, I never had a guest that is a, a sabbatical coach, so I'm really curious to talk to you. So let's start with your background. How did you start your professional life, or better, what was your first job? Yeah, my first job was I was a healthcare actuary. So I worked in actuarial science for a um, consulting firm that consulted with clients on their health insurance rates and and coverage. And did you have a dream job when you were a child? When I was little, I actually wanted to be a dancer. (laughs) That was sort of my dream. I used to play uh, records the Michael Jackson record, particularly on repeat, like I would just go restart it and restart it. And I would choreograph my own dances. And I kind of had these wild and fantastic dreams of being a dancer when I was younger. Mm. Well, is this something you studied or you changed? What is your educational background? Yeah. So my educational background is, um, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I went to college. I just knew I wanted to get a good job and I wanted to make money. Um, but I didn't really know what that would look like. So I ended up majoring in math and became an actuary kind of by chance. Um, they recruited me to do it. I didn't even know what an actuary was when they um, asked if they could interview me for the job. So um, it was a really great first career. <clears throat> um, There's a lot of job security, good pay. I got to relocate to a city I really wanted to live in. But ultimately, I knew sitting behind computers and, you know, just 
being mathy wasn't the only thing I wanted to do. So I ended up going to get my MBA and switching into a second career as a market researcher, which sort of used my analytical brain, but also I got to talk to customers and consumers and do lots of qualitative things in addition to the more quantitative side. So mm-hmm. so you had the corporate career. I did, yeah. Mm-hmm. And how, how did you years. how did you progress and how did you become to the point where you needed um a career break first of all? And then you decided yeah. to become a career break and sabbatical coach. Yeah. Well, the first chapter of my career when I was an actuary you know, sort of accelerating through that was really difficult because there are these exams. So there are the actuarial exams. And at the time I was studying those exams, you know, it was really hard to pass. I don't know what it's like now, but they scale the test and you, they only passed like 30% of the people who would take the exam. So the first exam I had to take three times to pass it. And it was really demoralizing and, and very challenging on top of working a consulting job, which meant, you know, more than 40 hours a week. And so it was really tough for me, but I just did it by brute force. I think that first career was putting in a lot of time to study. You know, my friends were basically actuaries and we would study together on the weekends at night after working. And I just really tried to be the best employee I could be. So whatever project they gave me, no matter how hard it was, I just tried to do my best and you know I would win I I won several awards I was in three different companies and I think I won an award at each company but it was really through just hard work and you know not quitting on the project on my team and while I'm really proud of that it didn't make for you know a completely fulfilling life there's more to life than just working hard in my second career um after my MBA I kind of stalled out so that was where I really felt burned out. And I felt like I kind of know what they're expecting of me, but I don't really want to give that. And I felt like it was requiring more than just me showing up and working hard. It was being political in a way or strategic about, you know, what projects you're on and what extracurriculars you're doing and how people are perceiving you versus who you really are. And it was just really hard for me to navigate that corporate climate and just the corporate culture in general. So I ended up um, realizing I wanted to take a break because I needed to get out of that, but I didn't know what I needed to move into. And I I knew when I really sat down and thought about it um, and reflected on it, I just wanted to travel the world. That's the one thing I knew that I really wanted. And so I saved $40,000 in 18 months. I gave my job eight months notice and I quit to take a trip around the world. I thought it would be one year, but it was 20 months because my money lasted that long. Yeah. And I just kept traveling until I almost ran out of money, but it was really life-changing and really incredible. And when I came back, I was honestly nervous to see, you know, what the job market would be like. I had only been in my second career for three years when I quit. And now I'd been out of the game for almost two years. But I ended up landing five job offers in just five weeks. And um, that was a moment for me where I realized this break wasn't just profound for my personal development, for my sense of fulfillment um, and my sense of joy, but it was also professionally um, supporting me. And it was making my life better professionally as well as personally. And I think that planted a really big seed for me to want to do that for other people and to give them that same opportunity and to sort of spread the word, if you will, that breaks are actually 
boosting in your life and improving there, they don't have to be, uh, taking a step back as in you can't hack it, or, you know, you're somehow less than it can actually make you and your life more than. So, um, yeah, that was kind of how this, this whole entire third career was born. Well, a super interesting story. And uh, nowadays you work with people that want to take a career break or sabbatical. So let's talk about career break and sabbatical. <laughs> so first of all, how do career breaks and sabbaticals serve as a catalyst for individuals to reevaluate their lives and redefine their self-identity? Yeah, it's so important to slow down and really take time to reflect on where you've been and to also get back in touch with who you are now and where you want to go. I think quite often what I see is high achievers get so used to leaping over the bar that they that people put in front of them. It's like, oh, this is my goal. I'll just exceed that goal. But really at some point, maybe that was on your right path for the first 10, you know, 15 years of your career. But at some point, you're changing. The world is changing. And what you want and what you want to put your energy into achieving can change as well. And I think what a break offers is this very poignant um, space and time for you to really get still and A, recover from any burnout. I think all of us in life at this point with everything we have going on and being always connected and always distracted have some level of burnout. But you know, the, the more intense your burnout, the more important I think it is for you to take a break. But it gives you the space to also really pour into yourself and just ask yourself the simple question, what do I want and need right now? And to give it to yourself and from that nourishing place to then think about what do I want for my future? Is it more of what I had or is it something really different? And if the answer is something really different, it gives you the ability to pivot and create that next chapter that looks different than the chapters you've had before it. So based on your journey and your experience to taking a career break, why is it important for individuals to separate their self-identity from the work they do? Sometimes we just get engrossed with everything in our day-to-day -day life and it's difficult really to feel what, what we really need or want. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's important for many reasons, but I think one of the most, so one of the biggest reasons that I really encourage people to do this difficult work is because if your job is all that you really identify as, if that is the core of your being, then there will be a time where you won't be doing that job. It could be because you take a break, but it could also be because you retire at some point, right? You're going to have to be more than the career and more than the thing that you do. And I feel like the most expansive version of life is one where we find that sort of fulfillment in ourselves and we create an identity based on how we want to show up in the world and who we want to be. And I think it's so much more than just what we do. And what I find is that when you're talking about illness, when you're talking about layoffs, people getting let go, um, you know, when people have grief and they lose someone that they love and they have to take a time out and step away from work for a while, at any point, you know, your job can be taken away from you, whether it's a health thing, a company deciding they don't need you anymore thing, a financial thing. It's so much more empowering to be grounded 
and you being more than just that job and you understanding that you have a lot to give and, and giving yourself permission to go out into the world and give it. And I think a lot of times when we're working so hard and work is consuming us and it is what we spend the multitude of our time each week doing, it's easy to think that that's all we really are. And then it suddenly becomes intertwined, right, with our well-being. And it's like, oh, I, I don't feel at peace. I don't feel good if I'm not doing this thing. And then it leads to this state of burnout and sort of hyper doing because we're always trying to justify our value because our value is innately tied now to what we do. So we have to do more of the doing to be a valuable person. And I think it's just a recipe for burnout and this really unfulfilling um, life where you look back and say, what the heck was I even doing? Yeah. And so many times when we are um, in, in our day-to-day -day life and we are very busy, we, we more, it's more challenging to look inside. And so in your experience, are there any tools or practices that individuals can use to deepen their understanding of themselves uh, during a career break? Because I guess going from being extremely busy to find yourself all of a sudden when let's say nothing um, going on on a daily basis, it can maybe even feel overwhelming. Yeah, absolutely. It can definitely feel overwhelming. And I think there's a couple of things you can do. I share a lot of these in the book, but I think three of my favorites, you know, one is having a very clear purpose statement for your break and having three to four themes that kind of define the pillars of this experience, the sort of anchor points of what it is you want to get out of it and predefining what success means to you. So these are like anchors in the storm when you're feeling overwhelmed with hard feelings or you're having panic boredom or you're just worried about money at any point when the waves of anxiety or life just come crashing on you, it kind of helps you stay firm and stand solid in this break and understanding why it's so important and understanding what you need to get out of it for it to be a successful experience for you. I think, you know, another aspect of it is this little practice of giving yourself some white space on your calendar um, where you ask one simple question over and over again. So if you're on a break and you have a lot of time available, you could make your white space block, you know, for three hours on a Thursday and you can have a little adventure, a little experiment where you just ask yourself, what do I need right now? Or what do I want right now? Over and over again. And you keep giving yourself whatever it is that comes up. And then as soon as you sort of fulfill that need, you move on to the next one. So for that three hours, you know, you might start with a 20 minute power nap. You might move on to taking a walk around, you know, the lake, and you might move on to uh, having a cup of tea in solitude and then calling your favorite person. But it's just about asking yourself, what do I need right now? And then you give it right. If you're thirsty, go get a drink, enjoy that drink, and then ask yourself, what do I need right now? So I think that's a really great activity to help people fill their time in a way where they are reconnecting back to who they are separate of what they're doing, right? And then the third thing um, I would recommend is simply thinking about how do you want to be versus what do you feel like you need to be doing? So I like to work with my, my clients to develop um, four to six compass words that really encapsulate how they want to feel and be in this season of life. So if you know what those words are, right, they could be maybe you want to feel free, independent, happy, impactful, um, intelligent, stimulated, right? Whatever those words are, you have those words. And then you focus on creating opportunities to really feel connected to those words. So, you know, um, 
allowing yourself, if you want to feel free, allowing yourself the ability to go on a 30, you know, a 30 minute walk with no destination in mind. And you're just out with no direction. And you're like, I'm just going to start at this point and just see where the, you know, where it takes me or go on a day trip and just sort of like wander to one direction in your car and wander back and take the long way. But whatever it is, really pouring into who you want to be and how you want to feel versus letting your brain think the only value is in what you're actually doing. So what are some uh, common challenges individuals face when trying to redefine their identity during a career break? Uh, while you were talking uh, to me came up uh, the, uh, the thoughts that um, it may feel lonely. It may feel very lonely if you are the one, if you are taking a career break just by yourself because everyone else is going to be busy or working. Yeah, absolutely. It can definitely feel lonely. And I, I like to um, pose the question to anyone that is struggling with this or worried about this. Are you discerning the difference between being alone and feeling lonely? Because we can feel lonely even when we're with people. We can feel lonely sitting next to a person that we love, right? We can feel lonely in a room full of 45 people or a thousand people. Um, being alone doesn't have to be inherently bad. So sometimes when we're just alone, if we're not used to that, we'll think that we're lonely, but really we just need to be, um, we need to just be focused on the fact that we're alone and that's okay. Right. I can do different things now that I'm alone, but if you really do struggle with loneliness, you know, you can connect with people through the phone. Like there were people that I would call during my break, uh, and make phone dates with just to feel connected. Also, you know, really embrace this season of being able to do what you want to do and give yourself what you need to give yourself, especially if you're someone who's been juggling a lot of responsibilities for other people. I think besides loneliness, probably the other biggest struggle, there are several, but I think one of the biggest, the other biggest ones would be um, just boredom, right? And I would offer to that sort of sense of boredom, which can bring about this panic. Um, it's okay to just rest. It's actually restorative and resting is not comfortable. We think that it should be comfortable because it's like, well, I'm not doing anything, but on the inside, you're actually doing a lot. And rest is such a, you know, in some ways it can feel kind of taboo. And so I would offer just because it feels uncomfortable doesn't actually mean that it's bad. And um, within that space where you might be feeling bored, you know, some of our most creative ideas and the things that we're here to create, whether it's ideas or art or, you know, just movement for movement's sake, but some of it, some of those are born out of boredom. We have to give ourselves those, that sort of juxtaposition, right? It's like having a world of good and evil is kind of like one brings out the other. And then it's sort of like, it goes in a cycle, but being able to be bored means that you have the space to create and that you're not constantly consuming everything and feeling hyper-stimulated. And so it's actually an opportunity for you to get more in touch with yourself and to let things come out and to bloom. Hmm. So let's talk the impact uh, that a career break can have uh, on relationships and personal life. I think is quite tied up with what we were discussing now. Uh, someone may take a career break, someone's still working, so there may come up some feelings of maybe even jealousy or resentment. Um, how does this process of um, redefining one's identity during a career break impact personal relationships and family dynamics? Yeah. So if you do have a partner, right, it obviously is a conversation you'll want to have before you start your break. So I have coached couples about 60% of the people I work with have a partner. And so it's, 
I encourage them to have that conversation sooner rather than later, and you can bring them along on the journey, right? So that means, you know, dropping hints and saying, I've been thinking about maybe taking some time off. I know that might sound kind of crazy, but here's why I want to do it. If you can share your purpose, if that's again, why it's so important to have a, a clear purpose statement and to know your themes. If you can share that information with your partner, it makes it so much easier for them to have an understanding of why this is important to you and what you hope to get out of it so that they can support you in that and not feel, you know, sort of completely confused, overwhelmed and lost as to what it is that you're doing. But I have had a few clients whose partners haven't been fully on board when they started their break. So I think it's really important to think about, you know, what do I risk if I don't take this break? There, there is a lot at stake, especially if, you know, there's an element of burnout or just a feeling that you're on the wrong path and you can't quite catch your breath to figure out what the right path is. Living the whole rest of your life feeling like it's not yours or it's not the life you want to be living is a really high price to pay for someone else's comfort. So as much as you're in a partnership, you know, I encourage you to think about what is my purpose? And if your purpose is big enough, you know, do the work to have those conversations with your partner. And sometimes they're not going to get it until they see you on the break and see you start to thrive when they're like, oh, wow, I'm getting a better partner out of this. Right. So it's not just this one person taking a break is the one getting all the benefit. You have more love, more time, more attention, more care to give the people in your family, in your space that you care about. You you have more of yourself to give because you have that time and you've been pouring into yourself. And so I often find that the family unit, actually sort of the whole well-being of the family unit increases when one person who really needs a break is taking that time for a break, especially if the partner supports them, but even if the partner isn't fully on board in the beginning. Um and then as far as connections go and building connections, you know, if you don't have a partner, even if you do, I found that I felt more connected in many ways on my break because I was able to spend time visiting friends and visiting them for longer periods of time in a way that my, you know, annual allotment of paid time off or PTO wouldn't allow for when I was working. So I could go visit my friends that had kids. I could go visit my friends that lived on the other side of the country and I could spend, you know three or four or five days with them and really get to know them as we are now versus just having the shared memory of who we used to be 10 years ago. And so I found that it was actually a really connected state of being for me to be on my break. Mm -hmm. So once the career break is over, what, what's happening generally? Is it someone going back to work, transitioning to um, uh, a new career? Um, I guess now when you have a newfound identity if you have one uh what's the next step yeah it totally depends on where people are so of my clients and i have i've personally supported over 70 career breaks so i've seen a lot of different kinds of breaks um what i notice is that the predominant sort of the two predominant options for people i see most people fall into is either a they go back to the same career so they do a job that is Quite similar, maybe not exact, but quite similar to the job that they left before where they're utilizing that experience and they're going back to an employer and they're just returning with a renewed sense of confidence and also restoration. And they're just really clear on how they're showing up and that is impacting the experience they have at work. So they're just showing up in a different energy and having a much more positive experience and finding, you know, really aligned opportunities for where they are at that stage. The other option I see that is the most common is self-employment. So people will decide that they love having this sense of freedom. For some, it's, you know, the autonomy of managing their time. For some, it's location independence. 
but there's some element of freedom and spaciousness that they really loved on their break and they want to carry that forward. They don't want to give it up. And so they then become a contractor doing work um, similar to what they did before, but contracting to, you know, past employers or people in their network, or they launch a business doing something unique, which is, you know, obviously the path that I took, I launched a business. Um, and so they'll launch a business and sort of go down that road of self-employment and building something um, new, which is really exciting. Outside of that, you know, I have a few clients that get poached for projects um, from past past managers or past employers, and they decide to take a contracted project to just kind of come out and test the waters. And some people do switch careers, but it's it's less common, I would say, for people to completely switch careers and go back full-time to an employer, although people do do it. Um, but it's more common for them to go back to something that utilizes the past experience. It just is altered slightly so that it fits this new version of them better. Mm. So we're reaching the end of this episode and I would like to ask you um, how do you think you're making the world a better place? As many times we do lots of uh, work around us with people, but we forget on the impact we're having on the world. Yeah, I, man, I believe that I am setting people free to be able to have the life that they choose. I think a lot of times people don't realize they're making one long series of choices. It feels very disempowering and they don't like the choices that they're making, but they don't realize they have the power to change it. And I feel like my book and the work I do in the world is a wake up call for people to step into that power of choice and to set themselves free, to really be able to give themselves permission to take care of themselves, you know, pour into their well-being and go for the life they want instead of living the life they think they should have. Mm -hmm. So what advice do you have for anyone considering a career change, uh, a career break, sorry, and seeking to redefine their identity? Yeah. Start with a purpose statement, right? Think about why would I take this break? What would I really want to get out of it? What would make it worthwhile? Journal on that, come up with an answer, know your purpose statement, and then see, like, does this feel important? And if the answer is yes, that is that is a great opportunity to start to explore what it could look like. And so, you know, I have a, a download that's 45 of the coolest things that my clients have ever done on a break, but whether it's that, a podcast where people have taken a break, but just immerse yourself in stories or examples examples of what people have done so that you can start to get this clearer picture and get a more, you know, more vibrant um, image of what a break could be like for you and start to envision what that could, could do for you. Mm -hmm. So now really the last question, uh, if you could give yourself a piece of advice, what would you say to your younger self? Oh, uh, it's okay to want what you want. And actually the world becomes a better place and you get to play a bigger version the sooner you give yourself permission to want what you want and to go for it. Well, thank you, Katrina, so much for joining us today and sharing your inspirational career story and wisdom with our listeners. Thank you for having me, Lisa. And the last message for our listeners, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and tune in next week for a new inspirational episode of The Career Changers. Thank you.